just a bunch of witty banter. Good guy, Papa. What's up, everybody? You are listening to Witty Banter, your favorite podcast on your phone. <laughs> right now, we are going to do a little late night special for you. We're going to change it up. It's Labor Day. We have a long weekend, so we're going to do something different. It's late right now. What time is it? It again is it is nine twenty eight p.m. So that's late for us. Yeah, old man banter. Well, this has been a long day. We've it just has been hanging been out. Day. Yeah. So the voices on the microphone that you hear. I am Chase Williams. To my right is my partner in crime, always Hunter Dorset. Beep beep. And that new voluptuous sounding, <laughs> just crackle of a laugh, <laughs> is a good friend of ours, but a newbie to the show, Cole Blair. <laughs> so, <laughs> Cole, why don't you say hello and then tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and maybe how you how how you know us. Oh, all right. Kind of caught me off guard there, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm Cole. Uh, I live in Dallas currently. Cool. Known these guys since like, you know. Third grade. Third grade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've known Chase longer than, I think I met you, what, in like eighth grade? Yeah. Yeah. Not until a little bit we started later. hanging out in eighth grade, I'd say. But still. But you So you and Chase have been like... Probably even more lifelong partners than me and Chase have. Yeah, third Arguably grade enough, yeah. First friend in the woodlands. Yeah. But, yeah. We're just excited <laughs> to have... He's going to uh, be the best man to our wedding, honey. <laughs> <laughs> we can only wait. Well, if you listen to Witty Banter, you, you've come to expect some beer reviews, some news, and some other just gibberish. But tonight we're going to do things a little bit different. We're going to showcase, or I guess debut, uh, a new, I guess, off-putting of the show called Deep Cuts. And basically, it's just going to be us three on the microphone, and we have no structure. We have no idea how long it's going to go, but we're going to come to the table with a question each, just basically a conversation starter, and go around the table with our questions and just see where it gets in, like where it goes. A very open concept idea. So if you, <laughs> yeah, if you came here for news and structure, <laughs> you should probably turn it off now. Go to last week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but if you want to listen to three dudes just bro out on the mic... You're That's what we're going to accomplish today. Well, um, Witty Banter typically reviews a beer. We're not reviewing a beer, but we are drinking a beer. Luckily, it's my favorite of the uh, triumvirate of beers, Bud Light. <laughs> yeah. What's the triumvirate of beers? Well, yeah, I was going to say, Cole, we, Witty Banter like, made a decision on what the best shit beers was. So my question to you, and this is not for deep cuts, but what, what's your favorite shit beer? Like, what's, your, what's your go-to? It's like a mediocre beer selection, right? You know, yeah. So. I don't know. Does Shiner count as those or no? I say Shiner is above that tier. That's mid quality. Yeah. Huh. When I think of the lower tiers, like shit beers, I think of like Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Light, mm-hmm. or like Natty Light or Keystone Light, or maybe even. I mean, we're starting to harp you know, on if we go to if we go to like Corona, maybe I don't know. Corona sucks. <laughs> You used to like Corona. No, I, my parents drank a shit ton of Corona, so I thought Corona was cool. <laughs> I started drinking Corona. I was like, wow. I started having a palate of my own. Yeah, this is awful. <laughs> hmm. Did you like Heineken? Oh, yeah, for okay. sure. But I don't know, probably Coors. Coors. It's an all right. Sometimes it's too light, though. I feel like I'm just, just drinking water, you know? <laughs> the, well, that's what I like about Bud Light. Like, whenever we went through our episode is we just... Essentially, me drinking a Bud Light is just like drinking almost nothing. That's why it's so yeah. refreshing for All me. Right. Yeah. So, to go ahead and jump into these questions, I'm going to go ahead and lead us off. Okay, cool. 
So my question to you guys is, is Goku's character a cheap <laughs> archetype? Is the fact that Goku is this like all-encompassing, just innocent being, like cheap, him being so pure-hearted and all that, is that not creative anymore? Or like, like the idea that he is inherently pure? Just Yeah, do you find his character creative? Uh... I don't know. Creative is one thing, and then there's like, is it cheap? Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think that it's necessarily creative, but I don't think it's cheap either. Yeah, I also don't. I think it's kind of rare, honestly. Like most shows and stuff are always trying to hash out the like, have some edginess or yeah, something about it. Like trying to do something like that. Well, I would just, I, I think of Adventure Time, which we were watching today, and I think Finn is very much a Goku character. Absolutely. And Just jumping on that. <laughs> but like I feel like Finn goes through a lot more moral dilemmas than Goku might, you know. Well, like, what? there's all kinds of stuff that Finn is like kind of yeah. pulled and torn between these different like Finn things goes. that he feels like he should be doing, whereas Goku's kind of just like, I need to just save the world. I, <laughs> you know, like, I can't I, need to... I can't tell if it's his need to save the world or if it's his need to be like better. Goku? Than, yeah. Than than his opponent. Yeah, so Goku much of it is... really likes fighting also. Yeah, I mean, duh. <laughs> God, he, he's so addicted to fighting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that's an interesting idea. I mean... Because Goku I, almost becomes like a force of nature towards the end of the whole arc. Like, seriously. Yeah. yeah. He is just like when he... He is a, a balance against a lot of things that go on in the universe. Mm -hmm. But do you think that like if Goku wasn't this pure essence that he is, this like... Everything about him is kind of innocent and pure and good. And he like bounces out the bad kind of. Yeah, I mean, it, it almost like it takes away a lot from his character if you end up having like these forced flaws that you're gonna like force yeah. upon the the people that are. I don't know. It, it's hard for me to articulate. But, riding on him. but at, at what point does his innocence become his weakness? You know. It happens in the show from time to time. People take advantage of his gullibility. Like with who? Um, Cell. I think he continually tries to like convince Cell to stop being evil, and Cell's like, "Oh yeah, maybe." You know, <laughs> <and> just, like <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. I haven't really seen Dragon Ball, but like, does Goku go through like the kind of like growing up like no, moral but that's the thing kid is, stuff that Finn does? Dragon Ball, like when Goku's a kid, he's just he's always like. Goku as a kid is the same as Goku as an adult. Like, seriously. He's Except like, now he's just bigger and more badass. <laughs> yeah. He's still a little child. Yeah. But I love that, though. I think that's awesome. That's the most endearing part of him? Yeah, it's like he has this kind of like childlike passion for life. What separates him from Superman? Because isn't Superman's whole persona this like super pure, innocent always do good sort of mentality. I think it's, yeah, it's it's kind of a hazy line between, you know, there's not a whole lot that separates them, in my opinion, other than just, like, the powers that they're given, really. But, I think that they're, like, mindset people is generally say, the but same. But people say that Superman's a boring character. Like, yeah, he can't be stopped, and all he does, wants to do is, you know, good. Yeah. I think Superman's boring because he's, like, invincible, basically. We always know Goku is going to succeed. True. No, not necessarily. Goku didn't exceed in Cell. But it's yeah, like he did die. Well, they, they wanted to almost shift the show away from him at that point. Right, yeah. It's hard to show Superman like having trouble with anyone, though. Yeah. 
there are comic book universes though out there. I think where he can be whittled down and destroyed. oh yeah, I mean there are definitely like yeah, but other... like maybe maybe even diving deeper, going into a deeper cut of your original question. How deep can you get it? Is man? like how <laughs> how necessary is it for us to see? our heroes go through their own struggles, like own moral dilemmas. Yes. You know, and, and, and when you don't see those things, are you taking that for granted or like, does that seem, does it seem so far away from what you usually, because like we always face these decisions every day where it's like, you know, I could choose to do this. I could choose to do that. And if you're kind of just defaulting that, oh yeah, Goku will do the right thing, whatever the right thing is, mm-hmm. you're kind of just like, you know. See, that's what I'm asking. Is like, it's is, is Goku boring? You know, <clears throat> is is him as a character just predictable and boring? Like, kind of why why is Goku so endearing to us? Because we grew up watching Goku, and now when I see characters like Goku pop up in other TV shows, I instantly identify and like them. But I want to make sure that that's it's not because of just like nostalgia or, right? You yeah, know what I mean, like to reval like reevaluate. But yeah, that's why I'm saying like, is it creative? Because maybe it was awesome when it was created in the '80s, but right. would that hold up now? You know, I think that it might not. I think that that's a good point. I think that if if Goku were to be originated at this point, that it probably wouldn't take off at all the way that it did in the '80s. Really, I don't know. I. I don't know. I like the idea of like a simpler character. Yeah. Because it's like you can just sit there and you're like, okay, yeah, Goku's going to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> and there is something that is Maybe kind it's of... Maybe it's about how he saves the world, not exactly yeah. that he's saving it. Basically. It's yeah. like, I don't know. There's better... <laughs> <laughs> Who do you like more? Do you like Finn or Goku more? Um, I like Finn more. Why? I just like Adventure Time more. It just starts like... With him as a kid and everything, and I mean, so did Dragon Ball. Yeah, you didn't, I didn't see watch Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball though. So that's Dragon Ball's hilarious, by yeah. the way. Dragon Ball's pretty funny. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, I think I, I don't know. I mean, I, what's what's different than Finn and Goku? Um, there's really nothing. I just like, I mean, with their personalities, I guess, but like mm-hmm. and their character archetype. But I just really like <laughs> that, like the whole world is coddling Finn so that he can like. <laughs> So he could become be great a, one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm sitting here just kind of like imbuing all, all the different perspectives of this. I it's can, just interesting because I don't I don't think it's creative. You know, yeah, I, I don't think his character is like thought provoking in any way. But I freaking love Goku, and I just I don't know if it's that if it's because of nostalgia. I mean, I also think that the Kamehameha wave might be one of the coolest trademarked like. Ideas. Abilities <laughs> yeah. ever yeah. made. Yeah, I do too. Like Kamehameha is <laughs> God that pocket. Just that, that name. Yeah. But there's something about like an idealized hero, you know, that's like in makes you want to watch it. Yeah, but look at all the, the like the superhero movies that come out now with like Thor or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like what makes Thor interesting? Is Thor more interesting than, you know, Goku or Anything of the sort? Are you using Thor as somebody that has like his own flaws and stuff? His I own guess moral I was flaws? just trying to throw someone out there because <clears throat> I I don't know I I think that like what makes a superhero interesting? The fact that they inherently find it within themselves that they need to fight. You know they they have their own reasons for fighting against something. You know and they're willing to act out against. So like what are what are like Batman's flaws? So if Goku's flaw is his innocence, what is Batman's flaw? 
He has like identity crisis or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, Batman can't overcome the fact that he can't kill people. I was gonna bring that up actually. Yeah, and he, Joker uses that to his to his uh, advantage. Which is so dumb. Why doesn't he kill people? Because it's just against his policy. Man. Like, why does he keep locking them up in Arkham? Seriously, they're just gonna get out again. <laughs> they always just get out again and go kill. And more that's people. why we have the show. Batman's <laughs> flaw. He's like. Wants it to, he wants to keep being Batman, you know? He just, and as long as he's Batman, then, like, that was kind of his there is, struggle yeah. in the movie. Like, as long as there's a Batman, there's going to be people after Batman. That That's was something true. that was so kind, of, kind of bringing... Didn't Goku kind of have that struggle, too? It was like, as long as I'm on Earth... Oh, yeah, he wanted to leave like, Earth. Yeah. People are going to keep coming to Earth trying to fucking kill me. And right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that ain't going to work out. Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think Goku's just inspiring for me because... He's kind of just this fountain of youth and like innocence and stuff. But then when it comes down to it, like he has this whole other can dig deep. realm of like seriousness and like you're like, whoa, how serious is this guy gonna mm-hmm. get? You know, <laughs> like I don't know. Well, yeah. Also, he seems so innocent, and then it's like, but he knows that the world is on his shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> like, literally. With like, every move oh, that he makes, yeah. So it's kind of important. Okay. <laughs> I can't really come to a, like a conclusionary, like probably a satisfied conclusion, but I, I would be willing to say that I also don't think that it's necessarily creative, but I don't think that that's a fault necessarily, that he is inherently just a pure good person. You know, like. Agreed. The main character doesn't have to have like a creative personality with like <laughs> flaws and stuff. You can put a bunch of other stuff in there and make it, it great. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, is Goku not the best part of Dragon Ball Z? He is. So, I won't just flat out say that he's just that. Just the idea or character of Goku is the best part of Dragon Ball Z. I but mean, if he, more than just that, but if his like personality isn't that attractive, then it has to be the things around him that make him good. But it's I his think, it's his circumstances that he gets put in. Well, yeah, because I was gonna say I don't, I don't think the side characters are all that endearing in Dragon Ball Z. Vegeta, dude, he's the best side character easily. Yeah, and you know, and Pic- Piccolo is great too. He's cool. Gohan. Yeah. I don't know. All right, well. <laughs> all kind of fall off once it's like Goku's 10 times better than us. Yeah. I really want to beat him, in the, beat him in the martial arts tournament, but now he just destroys planets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Hunter, you're saying he's not creative. Cole, not, not creative. creative. I guess I'm saying he's not creative either. <laughs> but I, I'm again, okay but I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, okay I'm fine that. with that. I mean, you know. Drawing that parallel between him and Finn is interesting because Finn is like a modernized version of that archetype. I think and, and Superman too, though. Like you have Superman who's like the old version, Goku who is like the kind of middle old ground, version, and then Finn's like the new wave. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think that there is, you know, even with that Princess Mononoke, you know, we we said that we. Which is an anime yeah, that no, we great. Okay, recently yeah, watched. That main main character. Yeah, he I mean, was, he was a Goku. Yeah, he was like another Goku character, and like he had, I guess he had some. He had pretty much zero moral. Well, he had a count, he had a countdown him. on his life, which was what was interesting about his character. Right, like, Cole. If you don't know, basically this in this movie, he gets touched by a demon and he's gonna go die, and so he he sets out to kill like what is it like kill a spirit or something like that. 
He's trying. Uh, I can't even articulate. Anyway, it right now. <laughs> he's, he's got a he's got a countdown on his life. Yeah, and see, that's the kind of flaw that are not a flaw, but that's that's the interesting tinge to character that maybe Goku doesn't have. Yeah, right. But like, he doesn't have any moral flaws in that movie, though. There's nothing like in his mindset that's like right. flawed. Yeah, I, I would know. say Goku's like tinge. I don't know what that word means, but is <laughs> <laughs> like he's the strongest dude. There, like, exactly. ever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of a big deal. <laughs> I don't know. I can't really... I don't think I can speak anymore to the subject. All right. Well, moving along. Who wants to throw down their... Uh, I'll their, throw it down next. Their, their cards. Okay. So mine is... Uh, I th- I think it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm kind of just challenging the group okay. to come up with... Takes the ring off. He's our like, own... Even, the ring can't handle this. <laughs> our own Rings definition... Of intelligence. Of intelligence. Yes. How do you define intelligence? And how... Because I think that what we should do is we should try and come up with some sort of definition and then give uh, devil's advocate scenarios until we kind of come Mm -hmm. to a conclusion on what we actually think the idea of intelligence actually entails. Because I think that there's so many different perspectives on what people say and think that intelligence is. Well, to start out, initially... It's for me. It's consciousness, like okay. self-awareness. Okay. Like, is an animal like we have intelligent animals? We we call some animals intelligent because they can kind of figure stuff out. Okay. But I would I would think overall as a species, like we're the most intelligent species. Mm-hmm. And There's so, only a few animals that are self-aware that like can recognize themselves in a mirror. Really? Yeah. Like, like dolphins, dolphins can, chimps can. Yeah, and I think pigs can. Oh, yeah. Somebody told me that the other day. Pigs are supposed like, to be what? geniuses. Yeah. And dogs cannot. Really? Dogs yeah. can't recognize themselves in a mirror? Yeah, dogs and cats are like... Do you know how they do these, like, test that? They, like, put a dot on you, or, like... They did it with they do it with babies, and, like, babies will, like... Babies. <laughs> like, <laughs> until a certain age, they, like, will just look in the mirror, and then, like, at a certain age, they start, like, touching the dot and, like, realizing, like, oh, that's... Oh. Uh, <laughs> that's nice. me. Uh. Dude, <laughs> are chimps not self-aware? They are, I think. Okay. I think that they are. I'm pretty sure, like, most primates. So, yeah, I, I think that, so, as far as starting the spectrum out, there's intelligence as, like, an- separating us from animal, but then there's also the realm of intelligence as just our species. What makes right. our, like, what is... More, and that's kind of more what I'm getting at. Who's more intelligent, like, what makes intelligence inside of our species? And I think that, like, one of the things I'm, you know, uh, going to throw is those devil's advocate things is there's, like, these real vague terms like book smart versus street smart or, mm-hmm. like... Common sense. Or, like, saying, sense. like... Or even just the idea of saying, like, I think that that guy's really intelligent. Like, he might only be really intelligent at, like five things or you might be like pretty intelligent at 20 things i think people misuse the words intelligent and they like think it means knowledge or that they have knowledge you know yeah but then wisdom yeah basically or like that guy if you're like really knowledgeable on something and you and or you talk to somebody that's really knowledgeable on something you're like that guy's intelligent yeah that's not really the way to use intelligence i always thought intelligence was like IQ quiz type stuff like so like applicable this, stuff. If I hand this guy a puzzle, can he figure? You know, it like out? some crazy like puzzle with pictures and stuff. Mm-hmm. Can he figure it out? And then it's like, can he patterns and yeah, patterns and like how quickly does his mind register that and like figure out the next one in the pattern? So scientifically, you'd think that that intelligence has to do with being like 
like have an obstacle put in front of you and your ability yeah, to kind that, of adapt and overcome that. Because that's interesting. Because that. I, that makes me realize that uh, intelligence for me, how I was thinking about it, is just how big of a pool of knowledge that you could pull from at any given time. Mm-hmm. And exactly. so, like, if my pool is bigger than you, but I can't use it very well, like, does that make me unintelligent? You know? Yeah. Because hmm. there, and even like, you know. Like, I may not be able to solve a, solve a puzzle, but I can tell you about history in the greatest detail. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, like, knowledge, basically. And you're, if you're more intelligent, okay, then you're okay. more, you're like... separating knowledge from intelligence. Yeah, right. if you're more intelligent, then you're, like, it's easier for you to, like, pick up knowledge mm-hmm. and, like, learn right. things. But anyone can be knowledgeable. I, have you ever heard of that author, Malcolm Gladwell? No. I've heard of he the name, like for sure. He writes, like, all those, like, tipping points. Okay. And who moved my cheese, I think. And <laughs> what? Uh, my dad gave me one of his books, and it's called... Um, the 21 Laws of Power. Uh, Outliers, a success story. Oh, dude, so many people have... I have heard so much about this book. I've heard something cool. about that for yeah. sure. So basically, there's like a lot of people that have done like all these crazy things, like the first guy that like did computer programming and stuff. Uh, I mean, he's like of average intelligence, basically, but he was in the right position to do it, and... Uh, it basically says like anyone with average intelligence can do like extraordinary things, sort of. So it's okay. from it, and it's just like how much you apply yourself, and like you basically have to put ten thousand hours to something. Is right. It, yeah. What, I've recently I heard someone use the word like the ten thousand hour law. That's from that book. It's okay. like if you want to master something, then you need to dedicate like ten thousand hours worth of like dedicated, focused attention. Well, and I tell you guys what, I'm almost the master guitar hero. Then. <laughs> 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 now, I, I mean, like, uh, and like another thing I was gonna ask is like, what changes your perspective on somebody's intelligence? Like, for instance, if you saw some guy that you just met and you hadn't really gotten a whole lot about from his personality from your meeting or anything, but then he goes and just shreds a guitar or pulls out some classical music on a piano or something. Do you think that that person's smarter when you see something like that? Do you think that their intelligence is higher because they have the ability to be able to like do those processes like, sometimes do you think that intelligence is just, like, your brain's ability to make rapid-fire... Uh, you like, answer first, Cole, and I think I have a different opinion, so... I think if you can dedicate yourself to something, like, enough to, like, do something where I'm impressed by it, then you can do that with anything. So you could have a lot of knowledge, and I would think that they're probably more smart. But is knowledge and intelligence the same? Cause no, I, I think it's different. So if we were asking me what intelligence is, I think that's like how well you perform on like an IQ test, basically. Well, I, so I was going to say that if I see somebody just shred a piano, it doesn't necessarily to me say that he's going to be smart. And I think because of that, or why I have that reason is I've I've met some people who I thought were pretty dumb and they would kill it on guitar. And it's really cool that they can do that. Mm-hmm. For me, the, the meeting somebody and... F- being able to think to myself, this guy's intelligent is, is sort of how quick he is, like with okay. with wit, wit, like how fast he can come up with the joke and make someone laugh, or how mm-hmm. how fast he can keep the conversation going, or what connections he can make when he's in the conversation to keep it going. So it's the how about the rapidness of his brain's firing. Yeah, I yeah. think being quick is um, 
and how interesting and in creative the, his like parallel processing is like you say something it reminds him of something else he says something exactly yeah. and the fact that that it, maybe I say something and he gets where I'm going and like why I said it and where someone else would be completely lost mm-hmm. then maybe that person isn't as intelligent uh, and I think it's interesting that you say like you do, you think that intelligence would be you know like an the measurement of an IQ test or something because the IQ test is kind of a relative thing like some I might know somebody or I might feel like I am intelligent or something but if I take this certain kind of IQ test with these certain questions then it I don't really it might not actually entail how intelligent I am, you know. Cole is just gaping right now. Oh. <laughs> He's doing magic tricks with this yeah. can. You of can't course. see you can't see intelligent me. magic tricks. Well I, I also want to bring up uh imagination. Right. I just think general I, creativity. Uh that was where I was first gonna start out this whole thing with before Cole brought up his uh knowledge, but your ability to have an imagination I think is a huge tell on how intelligent you are. Kind, okay. of, kind of being able to picture something in your mind's eye and even to understand things conceptually in like a 3D area within your own head, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and I think video games help out a lot with that. Mm-hmm. Being able to like think in another 3D space mm-hmm. or have design or in, and imagination is also can incorporate that quickness too. Right. I kind of think of... <laughs> Back on. Beat up I just thought IQ tests were like not supposed to test knowledge. That was like the whole point of an IQ test. Really? Yeah, it's all about just kind of like application. Yeah, of it's just kind of like. You have to have some sort of knowledge basis, don't you? I think it's like you have to know like numbers. And like, like English. Yeah. <laughs> the language that it's in. Yeah. But like it's not going to like test your vocab or anything like that. It's going to be like. I didn't really know that. I've never taken an IQ test. Because they showed you one in that book where it was like, here's like one of the first tests, or one of the first questions on like the IQ test that this guy, because they tell you the story about this guy who has like a 180, the highest IQ. In outliers, we're talking In the about. world, yeah. Or like the highest IQ of anyone they can find, and he's like a goat farmer. Sweet. And he was like a club bouncer before, and he just can't talk to anybody. And he has this theory that he came up, it's like, basically called the theory of everything and every like professor and stuff who's ever read it like doctor like knowledgeable person is like this is gibberish like gibberish yeah this guy's like making up his own words and like it's too esoteric basically yeah and they're like this guy's like he's not even trying to like he can't articulate anyone else understand this basically yeah so okay yeah he's really good at processes but that's about mm-hmm. it yeah so they showed you like here's one of the easy problems and it's like you can get this in no time but like when you get to the end of the iq test it's like there's like 10 you know things like in a row or whatever or in columns and rows and it's like what's the next picture and it's like when this guy takes this test he knows the next picture like immediately every time and you look at it and you're like I could never, like, I'm literally just going to guess. I couldn't figure this out if you gave me all day. Mm -hmm. And this guy just, like, is like, oh, duh. Right. It goes this one, then this one, then, like, because, like, and and like You know, and and we don't necessarily, like, one of the things that I'll, I guess, what am I trying to say, the word? Uh, I'll use the devil's advocate against what you said about uh, the rapidness of firing. Because, like, would you also say that 
even if you can't overcome some sort of extreme problem uh, initially, the ability to kind of like sit down and just contemplate and work that shit out, that's also an application of intelligence. You know, like it might not be like right away, quick firing, yeah, no, answering, I, I you know, so. like if it's a big problem, it's probably going to take more time. Like some people think that like what made Einstein great was the fact that he could t- just sit down for like three days at a time mm-hmm. and think about this problem. But he Straight. didn't do well with like structure. Like he was like, I don't understand why you have to tell me what to learn. I right. I want to learn whatever I want to learn. Yeah. So you, when I said quickness, that was just um, in the first meeting sort of right, yeah. instance. Mm-hmm. So. So that's why I was I was finding another perspective, you know, with to a, with which to approach that. So what about you? What do you think? What? How do you define intelligence? I kind of think about it as the ability to apply knowledge. You know, like be able to apply knowledge, and I don't think it has to do necessarily with a timing uh, factor. I think that intelligence is just like a person's cognitive ability to apply just the knowledge and, I don't know. Use, I, use the pool that they Yeah, have. like be aware of his surroundings and the environment and be able to adapt and apply whatever knowledge that he has in order to overcome. So then mm-hmm. who's, who's the most intelligent person in the world? I have no idea. Because what if, you know, what if Stephen Hawking wasn't very good at an IQ test, but he can conceptualize our known universe. And then there's also like social intelligence, like being able to read social cues and stuff. Destroy an IQ test. I don't know. I was being theoretical. (laughs) I know. I got what you mean, but I don't think you would be able to like conceptualize difficult concepts if you couldn't like do above average. And how much of conceptualization is, is imagination, you know? Yeah. Cause Mm -hmm. I, I think a lot of physics, most more abstract, like, Things take imagination. Yeah, I'll get you another beer. <laughs> take imagination. We need more beers. I just, uh, yeah, these beers, man. Just and like, like, like one right thing. <laughs> one one thing that I'll I'll put up on the table as we're thinking about this is Maybe it's another beer. Is like when you think about somebody like Stephen Hawking or Albert Einstein, and they're these people that we've always um, thought of as having this incredible intelligence right mm. those people also probably aren't very socially intelligent yeah, right probably not. they probably don't ha- have like the ability to like read social dynamics and like capitalize that on goes those back social dynamics. that goes back that goes so back to how you open the question with book smart versus street smart right that's because i think they're not knowledgeable about that though they don't care like they're like that's but but if they were truly like the most intelligent people in the world how do they not just inherently understand those things and apply those things I just think they're not looking for those things. They're like, whenever they're around people, they're like inside their own head. They just don't value it enough to. Yeah, do you do you think you can actually like think yourself into insanity where like you've conceptualized the universe so long that you literally oh, yeah. can't um, like relate with people anymore? Kind of, yeah. I've had Is like there any other way to become insane besides to think yourself to it. That's yeah, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> But I don't know. I, I think you can do what you were saying. I think you can totally uh, like start coming up with these conceptualizations that kind of shape your mindset and your mind frame, and then that totally affects how you deal and interact with people. And I, I kind of think that you know this idea of like 
group think like we all agree that this is the way that we should be doing something and so when we look at somebody like a hobo and they're saying all this gibberish like we think that they're just crazy like that guy might be really freaking smart too mm-hmm. but we're just like discounting that because we don't think the way that he thinks or yeah process go, the go way that he process going to group think just starting out with my new classes i in a lot of my syllabus or syllabi, I've realized that it's gonna, I'm going to be in a lot of group work this semester, mm-hmm. and I don't. Sometimes I don't see the benefit. The benefit of that, and and they and it, my professor said like you're going to have to go through your whole life working with people when you're in the job. And like I know that you know it's fine. I I can, but I don't want to have to pull pull the weight. Like I don't even know. Pull more weight than other people. That kind of I thing. just don't see the benefit and how that makes the only problem I have with it is like I think like a group of four is or three is like perfect like you, yeah. you can really work with those people but once you get more than four it's just laziness one at that person point. is not doing anything or yeah. like I don't know or it, one it, person disagrees, but like they're getting. And I'm trying like, to tie this into the social intelligence thing, right? It but also deals with the task at hand, probably. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, I, free riders. Because I guess the idea with me giving the prompt is that, like, I think we just so nonchalantly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I need a little burp. You gotta <laughs> come around and burp. Right? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'll be over there in an instant. The baby. I'll just go ahead and uh, bop you up on a knee. I think we just so nonchalantly just, like, label people as intelligent or, like, say that, like, like we we think that we grasp the idea of intelligence, but then there are so many different things that I think go into intelligence. Well, see, I don't think I use the word intelligence on a very frequent basis. I think about it though. But I, I would say we use we might label people as smart too often. So what's the difference between being smart and being intelligent? Yeah, I mean, see, I associate smart more with like knowledge. Knowledge. But like I associate intelligence with like. If I handed that guy a textbook for some crazy class, he could probably just do it on his own. He's uh-huh. Yeah. So a certain okay. amount is like resourcefulness, maybe? Yeah, I see. Yeah. So is resourcefulness a part of intelligence, well, would you it's just say? Like, if you can understand like these crazy abstract con- concepts or whatever without somebody like guiding you through, through, yeah. You got to be pretty smart. Like, yeah, I mean, in some of the... Or th- you got to be intelligent. intelligent. Yeah. I meant to say. You have to start, like, watching our words. Yeah, I tried to use the word intelligent like that. Okay. Ever since I read that I book. know, there was, in some of those physics classes where I'm going to tutoring, and this kid just shows up for the test and steamrolls it. I'm like, dude, that kid is on another level. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that dude's insane. He's and actually following along with the professor, asking him questions. Right. Mm-hmm. He gets it. And, like, yeah. one of the things that made me want to ask this was... You know, I've said in the past, and then after you and I have talked about it, Chase, and kind of thought about it more abstractly, I've said in the past, like, I think I'm smarter than the average person. But then when I think about that, if we start dissecting it like this, mm-hmm. I might think that I'm smarter than the average person, but I might not. A lot of times I feel like I'm not as intelligent as the average person. But I think, like, or I might have just extremely average intelligence. Like if we're going to where the, like the school thing, you have more <laughs> sense than most people, I would say. So it's like you probably went into the class and already read some of the book. <laughs> so it's like you kind of get it. And the other people are just sitting there like lost. But like what is sense? Is sense a part of intelligence or is sense a part of smartness? I think that's more part of like 
how you grew up and like intuition like or I mean because like I think intuition is does play into intelligence because to me intuition is your quickness yeah because you, know. you can just have like wasted intelligence like but then we're the going back to quickness being a part of intelligence and whether but I, or not but that I, is okay but in, but in my answer like I I would include okay quickness and intelligence okay absolutely interesting do we feel like we've come to a we have a is is it is it written. <laughs> Written. It is written. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whip up, up. So, Cole, why don't you go ahead and lead us on uh, into the final stint of our journey? <laughs> All right. So, my question, you know, when you guys told me to do this, I was like, I got to think of a question. So, I started thinking, like, you know, real mischievous shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Being like, cold-blooded. I'll answer what, anything, dude. <laughs> what can don't. I ask them so that I put them in a kind of weird spot? We tell some funny stories. But then I was like, whoa. I don't want any of these getting turned back on me. Yeah. Got <laughs> <laughs> so, my own ass to watch. Do we have to answer our own questions? <laughs> yeah, now I, I know said. why you asked that one. <laughs> because I was coming up with all sorts of stuff. But then, Jerk. through that, I actually ended up coming up with something that I can't answer, but you guys can. And I was like, this would be really interesting, and I really want to hear about this. So okay. okay. You guys both went uh, to study abroad this summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, like, what is something in any of the cities or countries or wherever you were that was common that you kind of wish was common here? Could be a thing or, like, a personality trait that a lot of people had. Or that's a great. That's a great. So question. some sort of tan- some sort of tangible essence that was in Europe that you wish was in yeah. America. It could be like you could be like, dude, I wish they had bidets. Yeah, or <laughs> even just like <laughs> a general mindset. Or Woo! okay, yeah, okay. Um, well, do you want to go for that first, or you, you want you go first, Hunter? Because I I'm completely. Let's all just take a sip of our beers. Yeah, and think about Let's it. Sit back <laughs> on it. I think that you know. My initial reaction is more mindset based. I feel okay. Yeah, I'm, go ahead. I get I get kind of um, frustrated in America because I feel like there's kind of this rat race mentality. I feel like we do strive for excellence, and we you know we've always had this kind of like work to succeed and like be the most you know like work. You're going to earn what and get what you deserve you know and i feel like in europe it's a lot more laid back it's a lot more like enjoying the finer things in life and i kind of like the idea of kind of like stepping back and not having everything that you're doing be preparation for something else or everything you're doing be kind of like a sacrificial thing in order to that's how it was in germany though really in germany they were they were consistently working towards the next thing Right, and I, I didn't get to hang out in Germany I've very never much. Seen I was mostly in Prague. Those people are really like nose the grindstone, trying to get to the next spot. Mm-hmm. Like, and the thing about enjoying the finer things in life, as far as like in a European sense, there were times where I'd go and be in a city, and no matter what day of the week it was, at like eleven o'clock, twelve, it didn't matter what time of day, everyone was in town like eating ice cream, and I'm like, yeah. do you guys fucking work? <laughs> Like seriously, like why are you always why are you cool. always out here? And maybe that's like you have some countries that are going broke as mm-hmm. shit right now, and like maybe you should stop taking siestas in the middle of the day. Right? <laughs> yeah. They have they have more time off though in Europe. I'm pretty sure. Oh, they're vac- oh, dude. A lot. In Germany, yeah. everyone was on vacation all the time. Do you guys wish we had that? Yeah, I don't know. I wish I could go on vacation, but 
the thing is, was, there was plenty of times in Germany where like I needed something fixed or done, and it wasn't gonna happen. Right, it just wasn't gonna happen. Hmm. I think that there is like a a higher necessity of like kind of like resourcefulness. I feel like in America everything's kind of just given to you, and I feel like there is like it wasn't as given to you in Europe. Yeah, which kind of rolls into my answer. Um, I think not something I wish that I could take from Europe and give here, I would actually just say something that we could get rid of in America is this culture of complaining. Okay. A culture of, of entitlement and with like, and I'll say like with customer service, how it infuriated me that I couldn't go get my laptop fixed or something. But at the same time, it, it that's something we're here. It makes a lot of sense. Like I can't believe I can't go get this service or whatever, but for them, it was just, well, yeah, it's because he's on vacation. You're going to have to wait, you know? Yeah. But I think <laughs> what I noticed, when I, especially coming back, is just, like, Americans complain about everything. Like, we have something wrong. And this is just general population. Th- th- if there's something wrong, you're going to find it. And you're going to talk about it. And is because, like... We just expect some crazy standard of living. Like, I think it's entitlement, dude. We have a lot of instant gratification in America, too, I think. And that's, like, what yeah. we're founded on. I think on a now. lot of our given rights, as far as the Bill of Rights, have turned into people thinking that they're going to be, like, deserve, they deserve something, even though they haven't done anything for it. Okay, that's a good uh, that's a good notion. You know, like, we have all these these rights that we've set aside that are inalienable, which I totally believe in, but I think they've been sort mm-hmm. of bastardized or molested in such a way in people's mindsets that we have expanded those inalienable rights into so many things. Like I I just think Americans um, think they deserve more than they actually should. Mm -hmm. And that complaining is a, is a sign of that. Yeah. What do you mean complaining? Like they just, I just hear people bitch about everything, man. Like in German, Germany, Germans didn't bitch at all. They didn't complain. Hmm. It's not too hot, or this line isn't too long, or like I can't believe my phone isn't working because of this, or you know, if you if you keep your ears out, man, and just listen when you're in a shop or somewhere, like people uh, fucking complain about everything here. Yeah, but people like I don't know. I see people like connect over that kind of stuff sometimes. Like it's a sometimes cult- it's just like a conversation starter. It's like oh man, this line's really long, and then you like kind of just get started from there. Yeah, but that's like based on a negative. But that's okay. But you're kind of bringing it up like. Ah, like, let's both make this Kind of just joking around, yeah. yeah. But I understand what you're saying. Like, it's not like that. In it goes that sense, deeper. It's not, yeah. There's, I mean, just, if we're going to get cynical about it, just look at the average person who's just, like, staring at, her, at their phone 10 hours a day. However, half the stuff that comes out of their mouth, I feel like, is just some sort of grievance or they're mm. airing out some sort of problem they're having, you know? They don't mm. want to fix anything and just... yeah. And I was to Hunter and I. Hunter and I have talked about this um, already, but I'll tell you as well. Like one of my biggest things about coming home and wanting to be more patriotic was that I would rather, like, I, I've realized that all we do, a lot of people in in America, is just say like, "Oh, the country is fucked because of this, that, and the other reason," or like, you know, so let's just throw our hands up in the air. What was me? I think a better attitude would just be like, well, we have these problems, so let's fix them. Like, let's do something about it. Rather than have a culture that just sits there and talks about the problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as terrible as it is, though, it's like, for me to say this, I just don't think a lot of the people, like, 
or like the majority of people right now are like doers you know like they're not like absolutely like something happens and they're just like oh, absolutely something will happen to fix that yeah or like they it'll think, fix itself yes reactionary yeah, lifestyles like, yes they're just like uh they think that the rainbow is just going to cast the gold to them or, you know, that the winds Basically. will change. It's just, yeah. But do you think that that's really an intercultural difference? Do you think that that's like really that much more yes. relevant here than it is See, in Germany yeah, know, or Prague like, or any of the other European countries? Yes. The people that are in charge can just kind of like manipulate the masses and be like, no, we're all like, we all should care about this, guys. And then everyone cares about that. Because I'd say that America has more doers than other countries. I think we have bigger players, but maybe not more players. Yeah, maybe I don't know. like the country as a whole is like Well, why do you think that? Why do we have more doers? I think that we have like a very kind of like type A personality about us where it's like we're going to go and get ours and like you know, like we're going to go accomplish this because we're America. It's almost yeah. like this like it's like you're spurred on by your nationality and your your patriotism to like, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of go do like, stuff. Yeah. I just think I feel like a lot of people in America aren't thinking on like a big picture, like wider scale kind of thing. Like they're just like, oh, this is what's going wrong in my life. Let me fix like this tiny little thing. <laughs> yeah. That's like, oh. But look at the American dream where it's just the concept that you can, it doesn't matter how poor you are, you can go out there and you can work your ass off and, and become something. But now we also have a lot of reliance or a lot of people who are starting to rely or feel as if they deserve something from the government or some sort of help mm. or, you know, something needs to be paid f to them because of this, that, or the other reason. It's too hard for me. Exactly. like Because of X. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes X is a real thing, and I don't have all the answers for that, but when enough people are consistently manipulating whatever system is in place that is in place for the people who need it, that's a problem, and I think that's a problem we have now. I think people do take advantage of the government because there's a lot of advantage out there to get from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, And it's there for a reason, but it's not there for the reason that some people are using it. Yeah, and it, when you think of the size of our country, you have enough people manipulating it, that's a shit ton of money out the door. Yeah. Money into the hole that is our debt, like... <laughs> That is the non-existent hole. That is <laughs> yeah, dude. So another thing that I'm going to bring up is, and I, I'll kind of gauge how y'all feel about it, is I think that in Europe versus America, I think that America has a lot of instances where we kind of like praise idiocy. Like where we kind of like, we don't, we, we, we value and like prize Things that it's like, well, yeah, I'm watching some sort of like stupid thing like Honey Boo Boo or something. But as long as it makes me laugh, then OK. Mm -hmm. And like like people get wealthy and shit off of that, you know, and like th that, believe it or not, it actually plays into our culture. Yeah. You know, and so it's like there is like this sort of weird like we like to make fun of idiocy, but at the same time, we kind of embrace it. Yeah. Being American, which like I felt like there was no sort of like, like there was no like pride in being goofy and dumb, uh, you know, across seas. That's Well, we talked about this earlier. Um, I think once The Hangover came out, there was a shift in pop culture that now glorifies partying your ass off to the <laughs> point of no return. Like having this one incredible, memorable, mind-blowing night. 
of your life. And like we romanticize the shit out of that. And I think a lot of, you know, even Bud Light's recent advertising. Whatever know, city or whatever. Exactly. It's all about like. Would you say yes? You, you know, and they show clips of these clubs and there's lasers and there's girls and like people get, have, I feel like we've gotten real sucked into that. And I mm. think that is glorifying idiocy. And my second point too is some of the most, the richest people in our country are athletes. Athletes mm. who only have like a high school education or didn't have to try in college because they were going to pass anyway. Right. And then you give these people who are seemingly uneducated compared to most and you're giving them the resources to do whatever they want. And be a platform for like... And they're, they're celebrities. Role model. Exactly. Yeah. They're celebrities and we look to them and they then influence we, shit. And we see them do stupid things. And the same thing can be said about musicians too. Yeah, I mean, just there's a lot of stars. musicians, yeah, rock stars that are just dumbasses, and we yeah. totally celebrate the fact but that I don't they just, like Jimmy Buffett is like celebration of idiocy, in my opinion. Kind what? Of. Come on! In a way, it is. I just don't understand why we can't. It's like doop 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 doop, and everyone's like, yeah. Dude, my family, you know, like, my family loves Jimmy Buffett, and we love it because it's like you're grilling. You're outside at the pool, and you're gonna put Jimmy Buffett on. I understand, like having like having that sort of like yeah. take it easy mentality. But I also think that there is sort of like like people love just going and getting wasted at all of his events and like just being idiots at his events. It's and it's kind nice of like celebrating like, being an idiot. I don't know. It's more like everybody's gonna be nice to you at a Jimmy Buffett show. Like, and not only that, but how often do you that? go to a Jimmy Buffett show? Like, yeah, you might have like one crazy drunken night that's because that night only happens once every four years and you're with all your friends because yeah. they love Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. I'm not saying and that it's inherently... What are you trying to say about <laughs> Jimmy Buffett here? I'm not saying it's inherently bad and I don't have anything against Jimmy Buffett. I was just using that as kind of like a... Yeah. For rock stars. As an, an analogy for like for like a sell, like this sort of praise that America still kind of inherently gives people that like... I just don't understand why they do it right, though. In Europe, I just felt like there's not any sort of, like, if, if something was dumb or they thought that something was, like, kind of just inherently not valuable or, or legit, that they would just blow it off. And, like, in America, like, we embrace it and be like, oh, it's stupid, but it makes me laugh. We're so, spoon-fed, uh, though. I think advertising, I think people are told what to like. <laughs> they largely, they yeah. buy in part like it. I just don't understand why, like, okay, so you have, like, these athletes and these rock stars that are, like, doing stupid stuff, like, Josh Gordon got <laughs> arrested four times for weed. It's like, dude, smoke the weed in your house, like, get a driver, Yeah, you have millions of dollars, come on, bro, but, like, and it's like, the NFL's all upset with him because he's a role model. Who is, like, raising their kids, like... These men on TV that are smashing into each other, you should really be looking up to them. And when he speaks, make sure you listen because, yeah. like, well, he knows so is it might not be explicit like, like that, but it's like it is indirectly. Like when you do, like if you sit around and like, hey, let's watch the football. Yeah, game. it's a culture that glorifies football, so naturally. No. And I'm fine with that, but why can't we see it as football and not like, oh, this guy should be teaching my kids life lessons. Like, my kids should be thinking... Because like, a lot of people think that you do learn life lessons from football Do I want to be, like, like a lot of football players or, like, rock stars? No. Like, is that someone that I should... You should look up to, maybe for, like, their artistic ability or, like, their athletic ability, but, like, not for, like... Being able to isolate their talent not for their, from yeah, them, uh, not essentially. Not for, like, their, uh, what they do outside... Like, okay, Josh Gordon leads the league in receiving yards. I'm not, like, after he leaves the field, like, 
thinking like this guy's amazing off let's the do field what he too. does yeah like, i'm like okay that guy's amazing on the football field doesn't necessarily mean he's amazing like do you think it maybe do you think field. it's our fault for even reporting news that he got arrested? It totally is. It's just it's like why does who that cares? Happen? I mean, if it got out and it's going to cuz somebody's going to see it, then we we should all be like, "Oh, well, he's a football player, so does it really matter?" No. He'll just mm. pay the bail and then like <laughs> yes. It'll be what like the guy can get away with it. I mean, we also do have a very like celebrity driven culture. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. The most in the world, I'd say. Like yeah. Hollywood is the cultural driver of America, I think, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm kind of biased, but I just think that, like, the people we should be looking up to should be, like, scientists and stuff like that. No, like, totally, man. You should be like, oh, this guy. Inventors. Yeah. Thinkers. These people know what they're talking about. I'm going to listen to them. I'm not going to listen to, like, <laughs> the post-game conference where they're like, what do you think about the game? Uh, I think we tried the hardest. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we really work hard. We try to do our best out there. And, you know, we're trying to be a good teammate, you know. Trying to play my best and do what I can for the team. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think that... Why is this guy getting a platform to speak, basically? And, like, getting to, like, inject things into other people's minds on such a large scale when it's, like, <laughs> right. he's not qualified to yeah. do that. We should he's be screening him for this kind of to stuff. catch passes like, <laughs> and do incredible things that I love watching, but he's not qualified to, like... So then let's ask this. What makes somebody qualified to have their voice heard, then? And considered? Like, knowledge? Knowledge or like, intelligence? Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, so mostly, like, what about no, knowledge no, in knowledge. football? Okay, yeah. So if Josh Gordon's going to tell me how to catch a football, I'm going to be like, yeah, dude, tell me. Like, when the swole guy at the gym comes up to me and he's like, yo, dude, you should do this lift differently, I'm not like, yeah, look at you. What do you know, dude? Like, but if the swole guy at the gym comes up to me later and he's like, hey, man, let me help you with your math. I'm like, going to be skeptical. Like, maybe he does know. Like, I don't want to, you know, I'll let him try, but <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be, uh, does this guy really know what he's talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of bummed with, like, how so much of our culture is dependent on, like, movies and stuff like that. Like, that kind of, and, and sports and and even, like, even though you have a lot of positives that come from those kinds of things, there's so much negative that comes from a lot of things. Like, like for every one solid positive song that's put out that like you could connect with and like grow from, there's like 50 songs that suck that like will either give you some sort of negative mentality or it'll, um, you know, like, it'll just be kind of bullshit garbage that you shouldn't be worrying about. Like, I, I make money and I get pussy and all these kind of like dumb bullshit things. And yeah. it's like, I just think I get, I get bummed out that I feel like America is so driven by those kinds of things. And I think that like, I felt like Europe just kind of wasn't as America is driven by fame, you know, or in, in some aspects in that regard, like some pe- people just want to be famous when they, and like, why up. they want to be famous. You know, what is the real lure of fame? I don't know. I don't see it. 
Honestly. I don't know. Yeah. I think that I have like the ideal lifestyle for me, which is like I have access to do all the all the things that like famous people do. Like I get to record a podcast and yeah. I get to like play music and record it or like, you know, do these kinds of things, but then like I also don't have people follow me around and thinking that like like hanging on every word that I have, you know. Yeah, I didn't like I always kind of like was like oh being famous would be awesome until I met someone famous and then like everywhere I went with that person it was like people were coming up to him and like hey can I have your autograph can I take a picture with you it's like dude I'm just trying to eat dinner like yeah and then everybody that I knew that like had heard about him was like hey I think I might be know who you're talking about right guy's kind of a dick Mm-hmm. Is and it I'm Johnny like, Football you're talking yeah. about? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, he's not really a dick. Like, he just doesn't want to like. Yeah, he just doesn't want to be considered so much. For yeah, because like, <laughs> everyone was. Everyone asked me that. They're like, "Yo, you know this guy? Is he a dick?" I'm like, "That's what that's everyone's He's just a dude, man. Like, <laughs> but like, I don't, and people like think they know you when you're famous. Yeah, like this girl was always like, "No, he's." He's an asshole. I know he's an asshole. I mean, look I at like, look at Neil Peart's struggle with fame. Yeah, exactly. He and finds I feel it like gross. He's got a very. Uh, he puts it perfectly in his song. I can't pretend a stranger is a long-awaited friend. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's got. I feel like he's got one of the best, like, the most rational ideas of his own fame that and, anyone and that famous is. has. And he's like. It's weird that people are this crazy about me. Yeah. Why? They don't even know me. They've literally never had a conversation with me. And 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 I think that's because he can isolate his talent and not yeah. you know, like like whenever he considers himself like a, a great drummer, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And he 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 could probably modestly say out loud to himself like, "Yeah, I could probably be considered one of the greater drummers." But I I don't think that he would say that and then use that as a platform to like voice all of his other opinions yeah, and stuff like, like yeah you know like he doesn't use that as some sort of way to like culturally influence everybody he just yeah. like yeah if if you want to ask me about drumming or like if you're gonna like just be a fan of mine because you like drumming then that's one thing but don't like think that you, you know you know me or that you want to be like me or any of these things because yeah. I'm a great drummer but it's know? also a little bit of a gray area with him because he writes the lyrics and people feel like really connected to his lyrics, yeah. maybe. And like those lyrics are clearly a piece of him and like his ideas and mm-hmm. everything. So when they hear the lyrics, they feel like. So I feel like it's a little bit right, yeah. different and when he, you're like putting he, out your art and you're like putting yourself out there, basically. Which even the, the meet and greet, though, when I got to meet um, Alex and Getty, he wasn't there. He never is. He, do, he, yeah. doesn't, he doesn't do those. And I mean, do you understand? Like, is that justified in your guys' eyes? I totally. Mean, if he I, doesn't want to, then why? No, no, I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think he, he owes anybody anything. Right. Let me just say that. Yeah. But, you know, it is cool that Getty and Alex will go out there and shake your hand and be like, "Hey, man, what's up?" I think, I think that's, that's more because real. Neil is just uncomfortable, and he'd rather not be uncomfortable, especially not like before so a show. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You know? Exactly. If Neil were to come out there, it would be like he would feel weird about it, and if he felt weird about it. You would, would feel, feel weird, weird about, about it. it. And then it's just like a lose-lose. But like Getty and Alex, whether it's a front or whatever, they can both come out Getty there. Getty was pretty stone-faced. And be like... Really? He was just like, hey. Like, I, just like, <laughs> I looked him in the eye, like shook his hand. It was like, hello. And then Alex was just like, hey, fucking man. big yeah. grin, shook my hand, 
how are you doing? That's when I was like, hey, man, congrats on the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He was like, oh, thanks. That's kind of like exactly, exactly how you would think of Alex, too. Right? Yeah, he's I mean, like goofy yeah. shit. But, I mean, how could you not be like, if some guy's going to go to you and be like, dude, congratulations on the biggest achievement of your life. <laughs> I think you're awesome, too. Like, I would be like, thank you. Yeah. Like, you're the man. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I'm glad you like what I do. <laughs> So are there any other sort of facets about the difference in like European culture versus American culture that you think you can draw from or you think the, we covered a lot of them? The complaining was the biggest thing for me. Um, they, they're not so connected to their phones and devices as we are here. Which is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do see the, the application for a lot of them. Before I went there, I, I sort of demonized using your phone and being stuck on it a lot. But it, there is some and a lot of inherent okay use for it. I think right. I think I got a lot better at not using it. Mm-hmm. Cole, I don't know if you know this. My my laptop broke like two weeks into me being in Europe. Oh really? And then I also like basically didn't have cell phone service, you know. And so I was largely without a computer or a phone for ten weeks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was the greatest thing that could have happened because my my house basically just became a place to sleep, and. I would go home, sleep, wake up, and leave, and I wouldn't come back for like 18 hours, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think phones are amazing, but I think people are always using them, and I've been using this word a lot, like, all day, but they, they don't use them deliberately. Like, they just get on, they just, like, literally pull their phone out of their pocket. Yeah, it's a just, nervous tick. And they just start, like, sliding through apps. And it's then like they a just default of boredom. And they around on one. You yeah. Know? yeah. And it's sad. I, I think that's sad, though. Like... That you just default to your phone when you're bored or something. Mm-hmm. Like when girls go, like girls will spend an hour and a half getting ready to go downtown, and then when they're finally downtown, like the moment that a guy's not talking to them, they're on their phone. And then it's like, should I even go up and talk to her because I don't know if she's actually talking to somebody on her phone, like <laughs> actually has things that she needs to do, or like on that phone, or is she just being weird and nervous and like? I would always assume she doesn't. That she's <laughs> not doing anything. Or like. I don't know. She doesn't. I just think it's sad that like people. I don't think it's like exclusive to just girls. I think everyone is like that. Absolutely. I think everyone is just stuck on their phone. But I I think it's just sad that like we default to like, well, if I don't know what to do, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna like you know retract myself from this social environment. Like whereas if the thing that would make you happier is actually being social and being interactive. That's what you went out there for. Yeah, there was an interview with Louis C.K. where he was talking about phones. He's like, people have sort of just lost the ability of having to sit there and yeah. and think, or like just sit there yeah. and be bored. You yeah. know? Dude, I love sitting there and being bored. I'm probably weird for that, but like <laughs> boredom, sometimes... Boredom has almost taken on like a new form with phones, you mm-hmm. know? Like, yeah, I might be doing something on my phone, but God damn it, am I bored right now? Yeah, it's like numbing whatever you're doing. Same thing with TV, though. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like just watching TV, but I'm not really watching it. I don't know, man. So like a lot of days I wake up and I literally just like will walk into my living room and sit there for like first 30 minutes of my day. Just, yeah. like, just <laughs> and I'm just like, all right. <laughs> and it just, it helps. It's just great. I love it. Dude, that's, that's, that is a form of meditation. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's like, and that actually does help you frame the rest of your day, kind of mm-hmm. doing stuff like that. And yeah. I mean, I'm in my living room. There's like, two TVs in front of me. There's an Xbox One. There's an Xbox. There's like a million things that I could be doing. And I just sit there. (laughs) And there's something that's like, 
peaceful about that, you know? Then it's very like nice and like a Nirvana esque feeling about that. Absolutely. But yeah. I think well, cool. that I think the cultural drivers of America versus Europe, whereas like, you know, Hollywood and yeah, like phones and social media and all those kinds of mm-hmm. things. I think that's like probably maybe the biggest difference that I dislike. Okay, so, so you, you guys so you disliked I mean, you liked how like an absence of social media over there. Yeah. So when you like came real back life media. <laughs> did you when you came back I did you delete social. like a lot of apps or anything? No. <laughs> would you and I don't know because like, you almost need them like here but no, yeah because it's here it's like there's a network of value for it there is like this sort of like it matters there but, is this sort of cultural value here but like over there they haven't established any sort of value for it and it was just like really refreshing to be in an environment like didn't value that kind yeah. of shit but I, just because the value is there I don't think means you have to be checking it like every two seconds no, you don't have now. to and I don't think that I'm that way but I no just, no, no I just, not you but yeah, but having general. like a presence on it is like I don't know. Because I deleted a lot of apps on my phone to make room for photos when I was over there, and then when I got back, I just didn't download them again. And yeah. there are times when I want to send like a goofy face Snapchat or something, but oh well, I'll just call them instead or something. Yeah. You know? And I'm not saying that, that <laughs> I enjoy Snapchat. Yeah, no, I, I like um, I like Snapchat a lot. I do too. I think Snapchat is super fun. But I, I think I Snapchat differently, differently than most people where I was just like, I'd be goofy with my friends and with my parents. But then I see people who are like, they're, they're consistently on the, my story, just looking at everyone's pictures over and over again. And then like making their own story for other random people to watch. I exactly. Guess. Out of completely pointless BS stuff. So yeah. It's like, I do I know. want other people watching that? No. I don't know. I kind of like the my story thing. I like it, but not the way that. Yeah. I use it differently than other mo- people because do my, as my well. My Snapchat's friends list is pretty small. Yeah. Okay. But when I see people who are just like have a my story page of like 15 people and they go through every single thing, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, right. why do you know? Mm-hmm. And it's weird. Like, I I value my interact. It's it's really odd. Like, I interact. I value a Snapchat from like one of my friends. Like, usually one of my guy friends a lot more than I value some girl like posting some bullshit 10 second yeah. thing about what she did that day. Even if she's a million times hotter than my best friend, <laughs> you know, and I, I might, you know, and, and just know that and be like, Oh man, like I'm using it for that purpose, which is like what Snapchat was kind of originally made for. It was like, it was like sexting ideas, you yeah, know? And but, it, but I always it, send a Snapchat with like someone in mind, you know? And I think that's a different that that is. I don't think most people use it like that. Right. Yeah. I think that is the difference in viewpoints is that some people like using it for just whoever's willing to kind of like see what I'm doing that day versus mm-hmm. like, hey man, this is a message for you. You know. Yeah. yeah. Why do Why do we feel? Why do we put such an importance on showing our life to others? I don't get that. You know. I don't know. It's I, something that I catch myself doing. I think it's a really good question. It's like another deep cut question. I just. <laughs> You know, my my family will send me like a post of the dogs or something on Facebook. I'm like, just send me that on text. Mm-hmm. No, I dig that. That's great. You know, when it's like I'm trying to show like you know you guys something or you know like my family or whatever. That's awesome. But like when you're just posting it for like everyone to see, that doesn't make sense. Well, some people. No, I'm good. Some people would say that that importance of having other people witness what you're going through 
That is the entire reason why we have relationships at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, can you really articulate why we need relationships? Oh. Codependence, like what? I don't know. You know, like so, like need each other. one of I I for me one of the most like poignant ideas was this. Uh, ironically, in this movie called like "Shall We Dance," and this uh, actress named Susan Sarandon, again <laughs> she was scripted to say this, but the idea I thought was still cool. And uh, this guy was like, "Well, why do we get married and go through all these different, you know, like things with relationships and stuff?" And yeah. her response was that, like, so that we can have a witness to our lives. And huh. and and it's like, well, that's you know, sort of interesting because do we need that? Or is that something we want? I don't know. I think that's something we want, but I think that we need other people because, like, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier today with, like, everyone has a different way of thinking and a different perspective on everything. Mm -hmm. And, like, some people are, like, more, I don't know, like, emotional, and some people are more, like, logical and people. And when those two come together, they almost make, like, a more complete... Like a harmony of... Yeah, because it's like, okay, you don't want to get too logical, but you don't want to get too emotional. Right. They kind of balance each other. Like the idea of having as many perspectives as possible within your understanding makes you like an ultimately more like enlightened person. Yeah. Yeah. But I think a lot of putting your life on Facebook is... It comes from insecurity. It's grade A narcissism too. I mean, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and insecurity. I totally think that it's insecurity. Yeah, it, it, but but that's the thing is it, it kind of sucks because it's, it's people who are trying to feel like wanted or valued in some way, and they're using Facebook as that avenue. And I just wish that or Instagram or any social media, right? And, and there, there's just so many different ways to it. It's like you can't tell somebody to go out there and just not be insecure or whatever, but. Facebook's not the avenue to get your self confidence, right? So when it's when it's there, it 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 can kind of be a bad thing. It, yeah, I think I it's heard Facebook was like, or I read that Facebook was basically the opposite for a lot of people because not like the opposite of what you're saying, but like it doesn't make you feel better. It depresses you. Yeah, because you're sitting there just highlighting the highlights of people's lives. The highlights of people's lives, and you're like, this person's life is amazing. But like, if you really took all the best moments of your life. Put it together, right? Yeah, you it would s- probably look like their Facebook, but like s- they just care you about Facebook. You definitely sculpt more. a different version of yourself on the internet. But doesn't that kind of inspire you a little bit? Like when you see people going out and doing that crazy shit, doesn't that kind of inspire you to go be more out, out it could. going and yeah, stuff? It could. And it could go both ways for be- sure. Because like I totally think that Facebook does depress me in that way. Like I see other people's stuff and I'm like, well, why the hell is my life I'm like on that? Facebook right now. Yeah, like, why the hell is my life like that? But at the same time, it does, like, inspire me to get up off my ass and go do something, you know? Same thing with the Snapchat story thing. It's like, look what this, look what I'm doing right now. Like, I don't, I'm... Someone just Snapchatted me, like, the Niagara Falls, you know? Yeah, and I'm like, whoa, dude, I'm in my living room. But it's weird, because we look for... more likely taking a dump. We, like... (laughs) (laughs) Where I check Snapchat. No wonder it's nothing but poops from your freaking feed. <laughs> oh, let me send them one back. I call this one the slug. Oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's weird because we have these, like, we honestly have, like, in my opinion, I think that there, we have a social reputation and, like, a social existence where we talk to each other and we relate, like, through auditory communication. 
But then we had like a virtual essence about us. Everyone has their own like virtual like quote unquote persona. profile, persona. which is um, made up of everything profile that you. Picture. It's made Status up of updates. you know yeah. If you, and if you how you email, even just how you type, just all these different little things oh. that like make you who you are online. Your screen name. And it's weird because you never really get validated through that. Um, in my opinion, I feel like you always have this sort of relative validation of like. You know, if you felt like, if I put this thing up online and all on all these different social media avenues, like, if I get this many likes, then I'll feel like, yeah, that was badass time or something. You know, like, but then you never really feel like that. It's not like you ever really feel like that the social media validated your experience, you yeah. know? But then we still go about sculpting it and hoping that people will see our shit and, like... You know what I mean? I always thought it's like of, a really weird. Like, all my status updates are like, which are rare, are like me trying to make people laugh. And if like that's awesome, a lot of people like it. Then I'm like, people thought that was funny. <laughs> but don't you feel validated though if they oh, do? Oh, I totally do. I love it. making people laugh. But well, I, I always thought it was interesting how on Facebook status update uh, word field it says, "What's on your mind?" Like, can you imagine if what was actually on our minds all the time was being put up there? You know, yeah, that's, that's like what more Twitter is, in my opinion. Yeah, Twitter's more like in the moment. If you read through my Twitter, you'd probably get to know me a lot better than a lot more better than <laughs> Facebook. You'd be like this kid. But that's like kind of what Twitter's about is like that inner monologue. Well, that's yeah. that's interesting though because I like Twitter a whole lot more. Like I would love to use Twitter more than I would use Facebook. But the fact that I don't have many followers makes me not want to use Twitter. Mm. So. Talk about validation or Dude, you why should, we do what we lack do. Thereof. I mean, like, you know how your dad posts on Twitter? Yeah. Like, he just, like, finds articles that he read and, like, reposts them and says what he thinks about them, kind of. Yeah. A lot of times, I see him doing that. First of all, that's cool, but, like, that kind of stuff gets you followers, man. Like, I'll just, like, post what I think about, like, the last Halo game I played and, like, random nerd Favorites. kids will follow me and stuff. Yeah. And, like, I'll say what I think about some music and, like, random... Music Someone will relate to it. <laughs> I posted about guitar quite a bit on Twitter, and like a lot of people who like do guitar lessons on YouTube and stuff like that, and like even this one like professional guitarist follows me, and he will every once in a while be like, "Oh, I want to know like what do wh what are a lot of what are your guitar like what are your favorite drummers to like question a guitarist kind of deal, right? And, hmm. I'll, like, and I'll reply to him. And he'll be like, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm like, that's so sick that he replied to me. <laughs> I've had several um, exchanges with Kyle Shutt, mm -hmm. and that just gets me going, man. Yeah, I oh think that's God. so cool that like you can do that, and uh, you can just find people that like the same things as you. It's like, I'll post something that, like, all my most of the people that follow me on Twitter are like my friends like in real life, and a lot of them aren't like really that close with me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like, but I'll post things that I would only really say to like you guys or something like that I would okay. like bring up like around like around my friends that are like <laughs> into the same stuff, you know? Right. I'll just like post something about Dark Souls, and then some random dude will like type in Dark Souls on his search bar, <laughs> and my tweet will come up, and he'll be like, "Oh, totally," <laughs> and he'll favorite it, and he'll start following me, dude. And I'm like, "This is awesome." Yeah. And then he'll be tweeting about like kind of the same stuff, and yeah, that's why I like Twitter. Basically. <laughs> well, I think this has been a successful endeavor in our very first uh, deep cuts. I think so, too. I've had fun. Um, first official deep cut. Right. 
So let's go ahead and wrap it up. The Cole, first. Cut is the... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, keep going, keep going. Cole, finish. I want to thank you for being on. We can finally say that you're a uh, official friend of the show. Ooh, and thanks hope, for having me. Yeah, hopefully. He was always in spirit, but now we can, yeah, put our flag in the sand. Hopefully, and say, Cole we can Blair's have been it here. on, have you on uh, more often. Have you ever? Do you even listen to podcasts? Like ever? Not really. Not really. And here, here you are doing it like it's natural. <laughs> hey man, I mean that's that's I how I started. I listen to you guys' podcast. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, and then one time I was in the car with this guy, and he was like, "Dude, I've been getting really into podcasts lately. You want to hear this one?" And it <laughs> no, was, I um, hate listening to podcasts. Throw <laughs> <road> with people. <laughs> uh, who was it? It was like that guy. He's a comedian. Smokes a lot of weed. I'm Joe, Rogan, Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan, yeah, Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, dude, he That's is. He, he has a lot of following on yeah. his podcast. Well, so this this episode is going to supplement our normal episode. We'll be back in full swing as we normally are um, a week from now. But um, if you've stuck it out and you've listened this far, thank, thank you. you for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, and, you uh, found some insight with it. Yeah, we you can be we, on the show anytime you want. <laughs> seriously, we're just looking for song. any guest that we can. Basically. Witty Banter posts weekly. Um, you can find us on iTunes. You just type in Witty Banter, hit subscribe. Every week when we do an episode, it'll show up automatically in your download queue. We are also on Facebook. We are facebook.com slash Witty Banter Show. You can also are we Witty Banner Witty Banner Podcast. On Facebook, we are Witty Banner Podcast. Yeah, Facebook.com slash Witty Banner Podcast. Uh Wittybantershow.com as well. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter. We're at Witty Banter. You can email the show at wittybantershow at gmail.com. I am on Twitter. I am at Bodacious Chase. Hunter is at Diesel Dorset. Cole, mm-hmm. what's your Twitter handle? Elock Blair. Elock Blair. Of course. <laughs> well, until next week, thank you guys for listening. We are out. Beep, 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 beep. Beep, beep, beep. Whoa. <laughs>